That's how my daughter talks. That's Grace's voice. As many of you know, Grace um, can't talk. She says a few words. She says, Mama, Dada, Bubba, Nana, right here, a couple other things, picture. She says that really well. But for the most part, how she talks to the world is through this. This little device. It's called a Nova Chat. She's had one previously. It was huge, and it was really hard for her to carry around, so we had to go and find a smaller one so that she could carry. It has a little Bluetooth speaker on the back. The older one that she had, um, she was much more adept at using and could say a lot more more quickly. However, most of the time what she said was, I want to go to Honey and Dedoc's house, which are her grandparents. Um, and none of us want to go to their house as much as she wanted to. Um, so we had to take it away. Quite honestly, though, this is how she talks to the world. You know, the, the thought behind this is her receptive language is pretty good. She understands a lot about what we are saying, but she just for some reason can't make the connections to say back what she longs to say. And so we thought about sign language, but nobody knows sign language. Very few people do. August has like a master's degree in it or something. She's amazing. But for most of us, no. We know like, you know, the old more and thank you, stuff like that. But if you want to get deeper, no. And so we had to find something. And we came up with an assistive technology, this communication, augmentative communication device. And basically what happens is this. If she wants to talk to anyone in her classroom, she has to use this. Because they don't speak grace. They can't understand her. And so when she's at school, we want her to fit in as much as possible. We want her to be like other kids. She's an eighth grade, she's an eight-year-old second grade student. We want her to have that experience. But when you get into a big room full of a bunch of other eight-year-olds... It's loud, it's noisy, they're trying to talk, and she's trying to say something too, and this is what happens. The thing about it is, um, even though she has this, she's just learning how to use it. And so she really can't say much. Although she has a lot to say. In our house, we speak grace pretty well. We understand a lot about what she says. We know the different nuances of how she says the same word to mean different things. But at the same time, we don't understand her all of the time. There's a lot of times when she is trying to talk to us and express her wants or needs, just say something, and we just don't get it. And she knows that we don't get it because we're not doing what she's asking us to do or, or, or we're not getting her what she needs or we're just not understanding. And so what happens is she gets mad, real mad. And quite honestly, as I put myself in her position, I would too. There are moments when we're trying to have a conversation with her and she's trying to express something to us and we don't get it. And so she gets really frustrated and she starts hitting us. She starts pulling at Jenna's shirt. She goes and hits her brother for no reason just because he's near. And eventually what happens is I have to hold her in a physical restraint to calm her down. We went to a skating party on Friday. It was a birthday party. 
at the Rollercade, one of the coolest places in town. And Grace was there, and, and she, she started uh, with the Alma Heights School District at age three. Um, and kids with special needs can qualify to go to school that early. And, and so she started at Howard at age three in this special class. And what Alma Heights has done is they have uh, created this opportunity both for the kids who have special needs, but also for young students who are three of, um, you know, sons and daughters of teachers in the district. And so those kids who are typically developing get to come to this Mighty Mules class, they call it also. And so you have this, this, this mixing of these typically developing three-year-olds and then um, kids like Grace. And it's just a great, great program. But one of the boys who was in Grace's class at age three who, who remembered her was at this skating party. And he has this interchange with her. And she kind of just, she's Grace, and she blows right on by him. And he looks up at me, and he goes, doesn't she talk? I said, well... She says a few words, but nobody, she doesn't. And I don't know this kid. He goes, but when we were in miracles class, that was their teacher, miracle. When we were in miracles class, uh, she did. It's like, no, she didn't. And she says more now than she did then. Um, but she just doesn't talk. And so he looks at me with this kind of face. And then he skates on. It was just trying to compute in this eight-year-old mind. But, but I thought she did. Which for part of me was like, that's awesome. But then another part of me never saw him have an interchange with her again at the party. I get it. I understand. I don't like to talk to Grace all the time. Communication is huge. It is so, so important. In any relationship that you have, that is one of the, if not the most important thing. Communication. I tell couples that I do premarital counseling with all the time. I say, I am never going to go back and get my PhD. But if I did, I believe that my dissertation would be that every marriage breakup is because of a drop in communication. Somewhere along the line, communication stopped. Then it manifests itself in an affair or in an addiction or what other thing that may come out of it. But at some point, communication ended. I don't have any stats to back that up. Just experiences that I've had with couples. If you want to have a relationship with someone, you've got to be in communication with them. It is imperative. You cannot have a one-sided relationship where the conversation is it's just a monologue from one person. It doesn't work that way. And so for people like Grace, it causes problems. For people like Grace, it is so hard for her to make friends. It is so hard for her to just express her basic needs a lot of times. It is so hard for her to tell us the amazing thoughts that she's having. And so what she gets is us talking at her a lot. And all the while, all she wants to do is have us listen. In Exodus chapter 20, Moses comes down from the mountain 
And he's just had this amazing encounter with God and he brings these two stone tablets and the, and the Ten Commandments and he gives them to the people of Israel and he has this amazing just aura about him because he's been in the presence of God. And he comes down with these stone tablets and he reads the Ten Commandments and this thunder and this lightning happen on top of the mountain. It's just this amazing moment. And the people of Israel say... You talk to us, Moses. Never let God talk to us because if we, if we didn't counter that thing, we're just going to die. I get that. I get that um, they've just seen all that's happened to Moses. And Moses comes down from the mountain. There's all this stuff going on. I would be a little bit nervous to communicate with God, too. Hey, Moses, apparently he's not going to kill you, so you go ahead and continue to communicate with him and then just relay the information. In other words, Moses, we want you to be one of these for us. And so it goes for a little bit. And then God enters our world. Then we get to Matthew chapter 17. Verse 1 says this. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, the two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance changed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothing became dazzling white. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter blurted out, Lord, this is wonderful. If you want me to, I'll make three shrines or tents or sukkahs. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he said it, a bright cloud came over them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, and I am fully pleased with him. Listen to him. Listen to him. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In this encounter, the transfiguration of Jesus that the brothers and Peter see, in this moment, God comes and says, this is my son, and he commands us to do something. Listen. Listen to him. Last week, Dinah was here, and she began a series that will take us through pretty much the entire summer. There's kind of an appetizer, if you will, for the next few weeks, and then we get into the bulk in the summer, but... It's about listening to God. The importance of listening to God. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about it. What does it mean to actually listen to God? Well, first of all, he thinks pretty highly of it. Listen to him. Multiple times, Jesus, as he begins a parable, says, listen. Or as he ends one, he talks about hearing, listening. It is so important for us to do. And yet, we do it so poorly. Because in truth, what we tend to do with God is to talk. Is to talk. When we pray to God, most of the time we are just vomiting the different things that are on our hearts verbally to Him. You ever, anybody have anyone in their life that's just one of those talkers? Anybody? Anybody have somebody, you know, if, is, it, is it the person next to you or near you? You know those people that you're just in a relationship with them and you have known them for like five years and you've said three things? 
the time that you're around them. They're just constantly see. I believe that God gives some people the ability to shoot forth words from their mouth at an amazing rate of speed. And then other people, he doesn't give that ability and they are slow talkers, right? Usually from the deep South. I was picking on Jordan at the first service, Jordan, who sings up here, um, as a slow talker because she was here and I was uh, wanting to make fun of her, but I was reminded she doesn't talk slow necessarily. She just really draws everything out, but quickly, but there are those people that talk so much that at some point you wonder if oxygen to them does not, is not as important as it is to you. Right? I mean, it's those people, it's like those hockey or soccer um, play-by-play people where it seems like they just go, and then talk for five minutes straight, and then pause, take another deep breath, and then go. It's amazing. You know, we all have these relationships. There are some people that are in my life that when I am around them, I know that what I will say is very, very little, and they just talk and talk and talk. And talk and talk to the point that you want to just go, hey, t- time out. Just, just for a moment. Because I stopped caring about what you said an hour ago. We need to set things straight again here. Because those people, and God bless them for the ability to speak so wonderfully and fluidly. But sometimes when you do that, you don't ever Listen, and so you never know what's going on with the other person. So often we are all that way with God that when we have this, how many of you have a prayer time every day or or so? You have a regular prayer, maybe every day, every week, every month, one day a year you pray. Does everybody, can we raise your hand? Everybody has that at least one day. Hey, it's, uh, it's May 4th, God. Um, may the 4th be with you, youth. There you go. Thanks for the last year. I will see you again next year type deal. But most of us, when we are in our prayer times, what we do is we just talk. We talk to God and we just go and we go and we go. And we have these different things that we want to check off our list. God, I want you to uh, help my wife deal with these things with my wife. God, I want you to heal grace, make her talk. God, I want you to protect Corbin and make him a man who follows after you. God, I, I, I pray for the New Heights community. God, I pray for my other family. I pray for my friends. I pray for blah, 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 blah. And at some point, God goes, hey, can I talk now? I mean, you ever, you ever con, gone to God and you like, you have this big decision that you have to make and, and you're like, man, I really have this big decision I have to make. And people are like, well, have you prayed about it? You know, doesn't that always make you upset? Have you prayed about it? Great. Thanks for that advice, Mr. Wizard. Oh no, I haven't. Maybe I should pray about it. So you start praying about it. Hey God, I have this big decision in my life. What am I supposed to do? Here are the different options, God. Like he doesn't know, but God, here are the different options that I have. And I really need your wisdom and guidance on it. All right, great. God, let, you know, send me an email and uh, let me know what, what you make of that. And you just move on and you don't stop. And listen, listening is a skill. Does anybody know good listener in here? You know, all the people who talk a lot are like, oh yeah, I know a lot of them. (laughs) Walked into that one. But do you know, you know, those people that are such great listeners and they're not because what we do a lot of times is when someone is talking, we are already forming in our mind, our rebuttal. 
You know, we are, we are forming the sentences that we are going to say while the person is talking. And so we're not really listening. But those people who, when you talk and you stop talking, they're just staring at you so awkwardly and weirdly. But you know that it's because they are truly listening to what you have to say. And they're then, at that moment, formulating their thought. It's a gift. It's, it's a skill. It's a muscle that we have to build. We have to be able to stop talking, to stop the busyness of our life and just say, God, I'm not going to drive this conversation right now because I know that you want to talk to me as much as I need to talk to you. So I'm just going to stop talking. It's been like 15 seconds and some of you are so hoping that I will start talking again already. I get it. I have that personality and that mind that when I stop and I try to listen, that my mind just goes, and there's squirrels everywhere. It takes a lot for me to really stop and, and listen. And I've learned the moments and the places where I can encounter listening to God. And I know the places that I can't. One of the places that I cannot hear God's voice, and this is really funny, is in my office here at the church. Because there's too many other people. And they're loud. And so it's just like, I can't. Because I just hear every conversation and I want to be a part of it. Why are you leaving me out of that conversation? I'm needy like that. But what would it be like? What would it be like if we allowed God to truly express himself to us? I mean, imagine what it must be like for him, our father, who wants so desperately to talk to us and to be in a true relationship. That's not one sided, but it's both of us in this relationship. And he's got this little machine here and he's trying to tell us something and hitting it and we're not listening to him. And so he starts to grab our shirt and says, listen, I've got a lot of really great stuff to say. Would you stop talking so that I can share? Would you just be quiet for a moment? So that maybe I can tell you I love you. 